This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the New Blue Review. And for the first time, and I hope not the last, for 2022, we have on the line Rob Hutchinson. How are you doing, Rob? Very well in yourself, Benji. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Now, Rob, uh, I do want to, uh, just before we get into the the business of how we normally do the this particular segment, just... Just talk about the fact that our parliament burnt down. In, in some ways, I don't know if it was the hospital, uh, the, the 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 festive season, or uh, just because people have been signed out. But it's almost like we had our whole parliament burnt down, and I'm sure that people have already come to terms with it yet. I I don't think anybody has has really, or, or some people might not have even noticed, and some others others might have brought brought the marshmallows and and melted them around around the fire to celebrate but yeah it was it was quite a quite a disturbing turn of events there nobody really knows what what happened there seems to be a scapegoat in the form of a a homeless man or supposed homeless man and then a whole lot of rumors around that homeless man as he was seems to have trained been trained in in some special forces unit and uh, had ex- an explosive device on him and and so on so there's far too many questions uh, around what is actually happening there but i would suspect that it is more incompetence on on the government side, apparently the sprinklers hadn't been serviced since 2017, so they weren't working at all. And oddly enough, there's no insurance on the building, so that's a billion rand damage that will have to be paid for by the taxpayer. Sure, that is uh, quite remarkable. I mean, do we know if if we've lost anything in terms of books or, or artifacts or anything like that? Not, no, not as such. You know, like, luckily, uh, we've been working remotely. Most, most parliamentarians have been working remotely over, over the past two years. So it, everything is online. Everything is archived and such. It was at the main um, national assembly where, where parliament does actually take place. Um, so there's not, there's not much in there as, as far as documents and, and so on is concerned. However, it's, it was a beautiful building that, um, was, is now probably beyond repair. So it's a great loss in, in, in that sense. Yeah, very, very, very sad. Do, do we have a sense about how Parliament will carry on without the building? Do you, do you think that they will meet in person or maybe just do sort of more permanently online? Yeah, well, there was an offer from uh, Cape Town, the city of Cape Town, to use the uh, mayoral bu- buildings there for, for parliamentary meetings. Um, I think the ANC has finally t- taken that up. But initially, they were they were opposed to it, they, as, as they would. We can't approach DA, DA uh, uh, territory and, and use it for our, for our needs, but they, they've come to realize that they, they have to do it. So they'll, they'll more than likely use that and then also continue... Um, with the portfolio meetings or the committee meetings on online as they have been doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay, so that's uh, the unfortunate news. Uh, but it does, uh, Parliament does seem to be carrying on and, and doing its bits and pieces. So let's see um, what sort of things that we're going to be checking out on 2022. And the first one uh, is an interesting uh, and, and often controversial issue, and that's the n- minimum national wage. Uh, and I'm assuming that uh, they they wanted to be adjusting it, uh, Rob. Yes, yeah, so it, it comes under review every year, and I think we chatted about this early last year, where the national minimum wage proposal was was put out by the National Minimum Wage Commission, 
And all they're trying to do is is uh, keep the, the minimum wage in line with with inflation, or in this case, one percent above above inflation. But we have a problem in South Africa where there are different min- minimum wages with different sectors. Farm workers have a, a lower minimum wage, uh, as do uh, domestic workers, and uh, compared to to the rest, factory workers and and so on. So. What what they're trying to do is slowly bring everything in line to a common standard, and that began that process began last year. This year sees the an, an extension or continuation of of that process to bring the minimum wage up from from around twenty one rand to twenty three rand an hour right now, which uh, might seem extremely low given uh, the inflation that that's taken place and that's predicted to take place. Uh, come in in the near future as well. So there's there's unions saying it's it's not enough, and then there's business uh, institutions and a business group saying that it could be could be too much of an of an increase, and businesses might have to cut back on staff, make alternative plans, and or either cut um, cut the number of working hours per per worker. So it's a good debate that's going on there. And that's why the public's been in, uh, asked to get involved in that debate and, and have their say on how they feel or where the minimum wage should be. Well, yeah, absolutely an important discussion. We're talking to Rob Hutchinson today from Dear South Africa, and you're listening to The New Blue Review. This is The New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 Chai FM talking to Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. Now, Rob, one of the big... Uh, Issues during uh, during holidays was Shell wanting to prospect on the coast. Um, as, as somebody put it, uh, they had to they, they were busy doing seismic activity, and, um, and a lot of people were very upset. Uh, as one of my friends put it, he said that they were deafening the dolphins. So everyone was <laughs> very angry, and and uh, even the minister of energy was saying that we need this. So uh, quite a big deal, quite a big issue. Uh, and and some public participation being required there. Yeah, yeah. So that that was off the uh, wild coast, off the off the coast there, doing seismic surveys for gas exploration and and um, oil oil prospects, and that that was involving involving Shell. And the approval was given by by the by Gwede Mantashi, the Minister of of Mineral Resources and Energy, and. Yes, there was a huge back, public backlash on that. There's several petitions in the public space where one reached over a quarter of a million million uh, people and participants, and many many others because approval just seemed to come come out of thin air. So that that was uh, uh, put aside. The shell was interdicted by by a couple of civil society organisations led by Richard Spur, uh, the, who's a great environmental and humanitarian. Uh, uh, the lawyer, and that that was put aside. Shell was interdicted, and and they left left the scene in in a hurry. However, of the these emerged that there's a second one, the second uh, round of of uh, seismic activity happening off the Western Cape coast. This time, we're not sure who the uh, client is. It's definitely not Shell. It might be somebody else, but it's it's an Australian company that's that's doing the same thing, and then. Uh, it's exactly the same thing, where uh, there's blasting going on, seismic blasting and affecting marine life and so on. And 
you know, there's a couple of, or there's a petition that, that has emerged in a couple of articles somewhere else. And, um, once again, no doubt it will have to go through the whole protest, uh, protest process and the, there will be a court interdict, no, no doubt. But there seems to be a, a lack of information around who, who is doing this, how it was approved, who the, where the environmental impact assessment report uh, is, where, where it is held. And, and so on. So we are uh, investigating it. We've uh, sent a letter to, to the relevant minister requesting information and we will obviously run a public participation process on that to get uh, backup from the public, see what the public thinks about it again and then de- deliver that to, to the minister and other, other individuals within the department. Okay. So that's, uh, yeah, interesting that that's carrying on and, uh, uh, another front line for this kind of thing. People get uh, very um, focused on this kind of marine activism, so I think it will be a big talking point. Uh, and as you say, a little bit opaque again from the government. So uh, it will be an interesting thing to see how that goes. Another one which I think is going to be coming up pretty soon as uh, students go back to university is university mandates uh, for vaccines and uh, it looks like UCT has put in some some of their draft regulations around that. Yeah, so this is a very interesting one. Um, as, as we know, there's, there's a couple of companies and corporates who've introduced vaccine mandates for, for their staff and, and contractors. And uh, UCT, being a government institution, was the first university to impose this on on its um on its students and staff. However, it was just a draft proposal and an interim proposal. And because they're a government institution, they have to put a, the draft policy uh, out for public comment for the students, and they've done so. It is quite controversial because uh, many students don't want to to get vaccinated. In fact, the students' union has actually stood up and said uh, they, they will oppose this in full force. And no doubt it will spread into other universities. We've seen University of KZN also announcing that they're going to be introducing a vaccination mandate uh, against the virus on on students. But yeah, there's no doubt that other universities will, will follow suit. So the public is encouraged to have their say on the UCT one, which is which has been published now. And no doubt that will set a precedent which will extend to the other universities. And uh, I think it's going to be a rather interesting time as to to what happens there. There seem to be several constitutional issues that go around that in one regards access to 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 a uh, to education. How are they going to cater for students that don't have online access, and and so on? Should they choose to not get vaccinated? I think it's going to be a long, a long, tough debate with the several several court cases arising out of this. So it's it could be a precursor to what what's coming nationally. We've seen um, our president and the uh, council talking about mandatory vaccinations in certain uh, access to certain areas and government services. They're obviously testing it out in in the universities first to see how that goes. Yeah, going to be another another big one for the agenda uh, this year, Rob. Thank you so much for joining us. As ever, if you want to check out everything that we talk about with Rob, you can go and look at the 
uh, Dear South Africa website, and they have all of these things where you can comment, you can learn more about the issues. Uh, and uh, Rob, I'm sure you'll have more issues for us next week. I have no doubt there'll be definitely more more issues. It's been a great start and quite a fiery start to to the beginning of the year. So I can guarantee you there'll be a flood of legislative changes coming up soon. 2022 is not messing around and we're only in the first week. (laughs) Rob Hutchinson, thank you so much for joining us.